Well, hello and welcome to Girls That Invest, the platform that empowers millennials through financial literacy. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are extremely passionate about all things investing and personal finance. Hey, Sim. Hello, hello. Are you so excited for today's episode? I am so excited for today's episode because we are talking about me you (laughs) that sounded really bad I know I'm genuinely quite excited to talk about like I guess my investing journey so last week I interviewed you because you know who better to start off with with than um someone who knows what they're doing um and yeah I'm excited to share I think I'm a little bit nervous and but yeah I think it'll be really fun and it'll be really insightful I hope yeah well I think you have nothing to be nervous about we're all just sharing our journeys here eh no I don't know you're pretty judgmental absolutely not (laughs) I'm like the least judgmental person ever um let the record be showing that Sonia is the least judgmental person ever I'm always like no stress no worries (laughs) let's just jump straight into it before we jump into it Hold on. I know you're really excited to hear, but tell me about your week. Tell me how you've been. Look, I just want to get straight into the nitty gritty. Um, my week was okay. Work's been okay. I think what you said a few episodes ago um, about how you're trying to reframe everything in terms of I get to do this has really helped my mindset this week because I'm not going to lie, Sim, it's been a bit of a hard week oh fair enough I think we all have those weeks and it's fun to try and reframe things because it's definitely made a difference for me Mm. do you know what I've been doing this week Sonia I have been watching New York apartment tours and I just have an itch you've given me the itch for those of you who don't know which to be honest I don't know how you would know I've never talked about it before but I am always talking about moving countries, traveling, leaving every second week. I'm And I'm very like, I love where I live. I love my city. I love my suburb. I could probably live on the same street forever. <laughs> we laugh, but like, really, I could. It's a nice little very street. Opposite that way. And now I've just been watching New York apartment tours. And the only thing stopping me is COVID and the pricing like I was watching like a you know how in New Zealand and a lot of countries when you rent you pay like a bond and like a a application fee da 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 this girl you're you're smiling I feel like you know what I'm gonna say this girl Mm. in New York her and her three friends the upfront cost for their apartment was $15,000 cash I believe it. New York real estate is very unique. When I say real estate, I mean like even if you're renting, because there's so many freaking fees. And you're living in a shoebox, really, for 15 grand. Like, no disrespect to her. It was a lovely place, but it was Mm. quite like she walked into the kitchen. She was like, This is our kitchen. And in my head, I was like, Oh, that's like a cute, neat use of space like it's quite small and she was like this is our kitchen as you can see it's quite roomy and I was like man New York must have really skewed people's perception no we actually do need to go so let's get into it for real this time 
for real, for real. So first off, I just want to talk about how you started your journey. Like what made you want to start investing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, What made me want to get started? I think, so I have always been interested in the idea of making the most of all the opportunities I have. So my parents came to New Zealand when I was young. They didn't come from a lot and they made, I guess this is kind of like the general immigrant family story, right? Like they worked hard to get what they have. And in my head, I was like, they came from a very non-privileged background Mm. and they jumped like 20 hoops and achieved quite well for themselves from where they came from at least. And if I'm growing up, in what I perceive as like a first world country with a lot of resources with great education no stress about like not being fed or having a roof over my head and living in a time where the internet and information is so readily available to me I don't feel like I personally have an excuse to not make the most of every aspect of my life and part of that is I I like the idea of trying to do the best I can in every avenue of my life. Um, And so investing is one of them. I want to be able to have options. If I want to be able to take a year off work or, you know, six months off work, I can. Because while I love my work and I love my job, I know that one day I'm going to be older. And I want to not have to rely on certain things to you know fall into place for me to live a life I want to live wow I was not expecting that I there's something to be said about immigrant parents and the hard work they put in for their kids eh yeah for sure I think it I think like you see them work so hard and I mean everyone's story is different and everyone views it differently but to me I feel like they've done Like, they went from, like, A to Z with no help. And I'm Mm. living quite a cushy life in comparison to them. So I don't feel like I have an excuse to not do as well. Mm. Thanks to all the immigrant parents out there doing the damn thing. 100%. (laughs) Um, So do you remember your first investment? How did that come about? Um, I actually didn't remember it. So I before this, you know episode I did some homework and I went back and scrolled down all my transactions and found my first one (laughs) um and it was 500 New Zealand dollars I had saved up 500 and I was like okay I'm ready and I invested in the S&P 500 ETF um the Vanguard S&P 500 the um code for it if you like want to search it up or the ticker sorry is voo mm. um and yeah it t- it to me made sense because i was like my first transaction and i'm buying 500 companies mm. it's a pretty good place to start it's a good place to start yeah mm. is that um is that because um with your research and stuff it was the most popular um fund people were talking about I think part of it was definitely to do with the fact that like it was quite a commonly discussed fund but for me what was important to me was it had to be a passive index fund that tracked an index it had to have low fees which Vanguard 
has one of the lowest fees in the industry. Um, and it had to be very diverse. And so I was weighing up between this and the total market index fund by Vanguard, which is all of the companies in the US stock market. Um, and those two are kind of compared, like some people go VOO, some people go VTI. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think for me, the top 500 just made a little bit more sense and backed by the research that had been done. Not that you should make conclusions based on what's happened in the past, but VOO or the 500 top companies have tended to outperform the total market index fund. So mm. yeah. Nice. Do you remember the feeling after you deposited the 500? You know what? I actually do. I remember. So I don't know if you recall this, Sonia, but a few years ago when we did actually once talk about investing, the term investment portfolio, you're like, what? When? You just said something about like someone's investment or someone's portfolio. And I was like, wow, an investing portfolio. Like, I wonder what that looks like or how it works and it was just this very mysterious thing and I used to do art in high school and we had art portfolios which was just like a clear file with all our artwork and in my head I imagined like a clear file with like like a house on one page and an investment on the other page and it was very visual and so when I purchased my first index fund or just first investment I was like wow I've created my portfolio mm. and this is the start I'm doing the damn thing you're doing the damn thing and yeah that's it that's it <laughs> um I'm glad you remembered it because if you had to scroll back to find your transaction <laughs> um cool um Moving forwards, do you think this is a question that you asked me and I am curious in terms of how you would answer this or your take on this. How easy or difficult, sorry, how easy or difficult um, was it for you to take the plunge and deposit the 500? I think for me, this is something I've learned about myself through this whole journey I feel comfortable taking a lot of risk and I know mm. that that is the case only because I have the privilege to say well if I lose this amount of money my life is not going to be drastically affected like at the end of the day like I go into investing knowing that there is a chance that things will not work out and for a temporary amount of time I might be low um, or my, my portfolio might lose money um, just within the general cycle of things so it wasn't hard for me to do and I think what was hard was getting over the hump that I had for a few years of oh like this is just not for me I just am not clever enough to do it but once mm. I understood it and I could wrap my head around it, which in itself, you know, like it was it was difficult trying to navigate through all like the jargon and the information. Um, but once I kind of got past all of that, I was like, oh, this is really simple. And so once I knew what I was doing and I went and took the plunge to invest, I had no fear because I was like, I know what I'm getting myself into. I understand the risk about it. I know what is likely to happen 
out of like I know what the possible scenarios are and so I think knowledge just gave me peace of mind mm. with, with all that being said where would you where would you put yourself on like what kind of investor are you so if you like think about like a scale of one to ten maybe ten being like super risky like you know investing in maybe commodities or that that are like more out there um and then zero or one being just like very conservative and just keeping everything in like an, an a savings account i think i'm probably like an eight mm-hmm. like i think the only thing stopping me from being more risky is the fact that i'm trying to save a deposit for a house right now and therefore i don't want to put too much money into things that could jump up and down but if that was not the case it would probably be like a nine or ten so at the moment are you solely in the stock market so at the moment i have a huge proportion and i i've i've put it in a hayek savings account and then i've got a portion still in the stock market um i've and it within that all of that is shares so it's still somewhat Mm. risky but the percentage of it is a little bit less Mm. so to get into more of the facts and figures of things um, and i'm sure yeah (laughs) And I'm sure everyone's curious about this now. Moving on to the current state of your portfolio. Yes. Where do you invest in at the moment? How does it work? How much money do you put into these investments? Just lay it all on us. Oh, okay. So um, so currently right now, I, again, tried to prepare. I had a look at exactly where I'm at. So... Mm-hmm. In terms of my share portfolio, shares portfolio, I am 100% in shares. I do not have bonds. Um, within my shares, 75% of them are in the index funds, specifically just VOO, so the S&P 500. And then 25% are individual companies, and I split that between two companies, Tesla and Amazon. Now, I have more in Tesla now than Amazon Um, and that 25% is just me taking on a little bit more risk Mm -hmm. but only 25% because that's currently how much I'm comfortable with Mm. Um, because they do kind of fluctuate especially Tesla Um, (laughs) you're laughing and yeah I mean like I remember oh I have a story so the first so my first share was um the S&P 500 index fund by Vanguard. My second ever purchase um, besides my index fund was Amazon. So I bought a bit of an Amazon share. And when I say a bit, I mean that I didn't buy the full share because it was like $2,000. I put in 100 New Zealand dollars, which was like 0.04% of a share. Um, And I put it in and then I looked at the stock market and it dropped by like $2, $3. And I was like, oh no, I've made a mistake. And I sold it that same time at a loss. Sis. And this is why I don't judge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're in no position to judge. 
Because <laughs> at the end of the day, like, and you, and the thing is, like, I knew the whole concept behind, like, you know, ride it out, let let it go up and down. If you leave it in for long enough, a few years, you know, you'll be sussed. But I was like, I can't bear the fact that, like, I've lost $4, so I sold it. <laughs> and then I was like, no, what are your principles? So then I went and bought it again. <laughs> <laughs> which was like like 10 12 dollars in brokerage fees just like back and forth. oh my god so for those that don't know every time you buy or sell a share with some companies you get charged a fee um so just say like three us dollars so yeah that was like nine us dollars or or no it wasn't nine because this was before it was 24 us dollars oh look the power of hindsight eh it's 2020 i tell you and then to answer your question about how much i invest so i oh i actually need to write this down so i invest and this is split between my investing account and what i've put into high interest savings account if i wasn't buying a house this would all just be in my investing account so it's about 2900 a month mm-hmm Um, And then from that, only 500 is currently going into the stock market on a monthly basis. Mm -hmm. And then I also have my two businesses, which most, if not all profit, just goes into the stock market too. So I've got sort of like a baseline of about 500 a month. And then every now and again, it might just be like a grand or like two grand Mm. or $700. And so that kind of. Um, varies and then I just dollar cost average that into my monthly budget Mm. and at this stage is it the same um, the same companies you outlined in the answer before or do you try to research to figure out what something you could invest in so I am currently quite happy with just investing in the two that I have because I personally and this is definitely not investing advice and I really hope that no one goes away and goes okay I'm going to do the same thing because at the end of the day there's always going to be risk involved Mm -hmm. um but yeah I'm currently just continuing to invest in these two companies and Mm -hmm. also in and also majorly in the um index funds that I have and you have you set that into that $500 is a baseline. Is that an auto-invest? So you don't have to manually put it in? No, I, I manually do it. Is so there I know a you, why? Um, I guess because... No, not really. I think, I, I think sometimes I find that, oh, like this week, or sorry, this month, like a little bit of... Tesla, you know, Tesla's a little bit cheaper than I expected it to be. So rather than putting like maybe equal amounts in Tesla and Amazon, I might put more in Tesla that week. So I like to Mm. sort of have more um, control and especially more with the recent times. I don't think I've been Mm. as, I haven't quite been dollar cost averaging with the whole pandemic. I've been trying to, um, but every now and again, I'll be like, oh, a huge drop. Like anytime there's a drop. I'll buy more so what I do is I keep Mm. quite a bit of cash in my investing account so it'll be like 90% invested and Mm -hmm. then 10% cash and then do you do that too? 
I do that too. Hey. Uh, I do the thing where you put a little bit, um, like you leave a little bit in your account. I do not manually do it every oh, month. Okay. And, and an yes. Auto investor. <laughs> yeah, you. I think you just like it done, sorted. You mentioned that you manually put in every month, um, and you like doing that. Do you mm-hmm. have something like you dedicate a time every fortnight or a month to look over your finances? I. Always front of mind for you. (laughs) I I don't know how healthy this is, but every morning I wake up, and before I get out of bed, I check my investment portfolio. (laughs) And I don't think it is a good habit. And it's gotten to the point where I wake up and I get like a Siri suggestion, and it's just like the link to my investment portfolio because it's like an online um link, and Mm. I'm like, oh, like. Once my phone starts telling me to do something, that's when I know I'm doing it too much. <laughs> um, but I don't ever react to it in the sense I never like look at it, get upset, and then sell it or or change it. Um, mm. But I just like keeping <laughs> track of it, and I also check the markets every morning when I wake up, which again I don't think that's very healthy. And then I check Instagram and I check the news. Um, but yeah. So that's I think that's a-okay because you're not what you're seeing on a daily basis with the stock market and your investments like as long as you're not having a reaction to it don't lie to me but does it affect your day if it's gone down or no it doesn't see there we yeah. go I think I'm I have a good level of control because at the end of the day Obviously, I've been there and I've done that. And mm. um, not too long ago, um, uh, like a couple of days ago, with just like pre the US elections, um, it went down quite a bit. Yeah. Because I solely invest in the US stock market. And so it just, yeah, it was it was quite like I went into like overall negatives, which I've never had before. Um, but... So that was probably like a, oh, that sucks. But I just have such trust in the sense that if I leave my money in there long term and I'm not going to touch it over time, the fluctuations will weather the storm. Mm. That is so interesting. I feel like our habits with our money really tell to our personality as well. Do you think I just (laughs) deal with it when... I no, like mean? I think it's I think it's interesting that we're so different. It's but nice. Also, yeah, no, a hundred percent. And then, but we also see like the value in a lot of things that we do. But our methodology is just a pole just, opposite. <laughs> and I think what I hope this like shows to all our listeners is that there really isn't no right or wrong way of going about it and you can mm-hmm. definitely by all means follow like a a set path but don't be afraid to change things up like if one thing works for you but something else doesn't feel free to customize it the way that we are mm-hmm. um but yeah and then in terms of generally like financials um i do what you do and it's funny because we never talked about this but we both just ended up doing this where at the end of every month I sit down um, Mm -hmm. 
and I just go through all my finances. So I have an app that I use to track every expense. So every time I go buy a coffee or like go do my groceries, I like punch in how much I've spent, what day I spent it on, and like a little note like grocery or fuel or whatever. Um, and then at the end of the month, I review it and I go, I, I used to keep it to a budget where I was like, okay, like $100 for grocery a week or, or like $70 for groceries a week. Um, and then I didn't find it too productive. So what I've started to do is be more holistic and be like, okay, I spent a bit more than I would have expected on groceries this week or this month. Next month, let's just try to cap that a bit better or keep that more front of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What app do you use? It's called Spendy. Um, and I they... just downloaded that. Did you? But you have to pay for it to automatically link to your see, thing, don't you? See, I am going to get in trouble for saying this, but what I, what you can do is you can, and I'm making quotation marks here, refer a friend and you get six months of free spendy. So I just referred my other email and then created a new account from that. <laughs> And I've got, yeah, every six months, I just... <laughs> I know what I'm doing after this podcast. <laughs> you do. I don't know if it's still six months. It might be like a month now. But in saying that, I don't use the premium feature. I manually put it in because the premium right. one automatically takes like your bank account. Like just say you buy something from like the warehouse and then it'll just like come up as like shopping. But because it's to do that. Because it's automatic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets it wrong and you still spend that time reorganizing the categories it like tags them wrong so you might Mm. buy like coffee and it accidentally might tag as like groceries Mm. um but yeah i manually do it and the manual one's for free and then it gives me this beautiful chart at the end and i love it so um looking to the future uh you've mentioned a few times that if you weren't looking to buy a property you know um your strategy would be a little bit different can you, like, I'd really like us, if you don't mind, to dive a little bit into your goals at the moment and how you've adjusted your finances to that. So, a house. Yeah, of course. So, what I did at the start of this year is I sat down, I made a Google Doc, um, and so I wrote down all my goals, and so I've had from the start quite a set path about what I want to do and where I want to go and um, I think when it comes to investing in the stock market like it's something I will probably definitely do forever as part of my like retirement plan Um, Mm -hmm. but I also want to use it to shift my stock portfolio investment to my real estate portfolio investment and that's step one um, at this stage because Right now I need a place to live, so why not just <laughs> buy a house? Seems like a good start. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's really exciting. I think we've talked about houses um, and just real estate in general a lot when we've been together that I've actually started, like, as I'm driving through suburbs and I'm looking at a house, I'm like, hmm, wonder how, how much that house is. Like, I wonder how much that would go for. <laughs> it's so contagious. I have... 
it brought my flatmate to the dark side as well like we'll both she'll be like oh my god Simran like you have done this to me now I'm always just on trade me looking at homes in Auckland yeah like, trade me properties looking at different suburbs Sim I want to do a quick fire round where I just Ooh. ask you questions oh and you need to keep your answers brief <laughs> are you okay. ready for this I did not know this was coming I am so ready Guys, I didn't let her look at any of these questions. <laughs> she did the same to me, so it was only fair. Um, <laughs> Payback plus okay. one. Okay, to start off with, which investment are you most proud of? This is... Oh my god, so how many words can I say? I'm so flustered. Two sentences is max. Two sentences. Um, I bought the dip without realising it in March, which I'm proud of, but there was no work involved in that. It was luck. Cool. What is your biggest investment so far? You look so stressed. (laughs) This is really naughty, but um, Tesla was having something that was coming up, and I was like, oh, like, historically... This is too many words. Historically, um, it jumps up after this thing happens um i think it was the stock split so i put in three thousand dollars or four thousand dollars and then it created a grand the next day Mm -hmm. and i pulled it out so that was a little bit of a day trading sort of experience but yeah i think i might know the answer to this one but what's an investment that has taught you the biggest lesson Um, obviously the Amazon share that I (laughs) bought and then sold and then bought again within a space of like three hours. Um, and it taught me that, you know what, emotions are more powerful than you think, even though you know you're not meant to, but Mm -hmm. we are humans. Would you couple that with a regret? Because my next question was going to be, um, is there anything in your journey so far that you regret? No, but I think... I just don't regret a lot of things at Mm -hmm. at the time whatever choice I make is the choice I make with all the information like the best information I had at that time given the circumstances so no um that's it for a quick quick fire round that was so enjoyable (laughs) the sheer panic that came across your face when I said quick fire (laughs) oh To be young and spontaneous. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there any... This is not a quickfire question, so we can go into it as deeply as you would want to go. Um, But if you were to give someone one piece of advice and they haven't started their journey yet, what would that piece of advice be? It would be that... Before you write yourself off and say, oh, this is too hard for me, not just in investing, but in anything, but in Mm -hmm. particular investing, like if you haven't started investing yet and you're just like, I just, I can't or I'm not smart enough or whatever is holding me back is holding me back. I think we're too quick to say no to ourselves. And that's what I did for a very long time. The first time someone ever talked to me about investing um, was six years ago and they told me the story of their friend and without even giving myself a chance I was like oh I couldn't 
they, they were saying something like, oh, you know, they invested a lot in the stock market, da-da-da. Um, and I was like, who taught them? Or like, where did they learn it? And they were like, oh, like, I think their dad works in, like, finance. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't have access to that. It's not for mm-hmm. me. I couldn't do it. And I think that's just not fair on myself. And I think we as humans in general just tend and maybe even I wouldn't say it's just a female thing but I think a lot of us when it comes to things we're not aware of we if we don't have ourselves fully wrapped around it we just don't think we could Mm -hmm. um so if there was one thing I could I could give to someone else was believe in your ability to do better than you think you can that's really great advice and something people can take with them beyond investing. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, Sim. I really think that anyone who is listening to this, no matter where they are in their journey, would have taken something from that. I think we're taking a great step in um, having money not be such a taboo to talk about. So I think that's a good place to wrap it up. What do you say, Sim? I think so. I think this has been very productive, very fun. Very interesting. Thank you for leading with a little bit of vulnerability there. You know, that's me. That's what I do. <laughs> well, um, until next Tuesday, team. Um, before we head off, of course, our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalised investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest invest exist for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from girls that invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. All right, see you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.